listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's This Week in Pharmacy. I am your host, Todd Yuri, founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and it has been another wild week in our industry, in our pharmacy industry. I'm going to kick this off. I'm not even holding back. We got to get right into this. Uh, Wall Street uh, Journal, Forbes Business, CNBC, and of course, we see up here on the screen, the New York Times reporting on the pharmacy walkouts. This is a major, major time in the history of our industry. Why pharmacy workers at CVS and Walgreens are protesting. It reads on saying the actions coincide with a period of increasing labor activism by workers in other sectors, including the auto industry and Hollywood. And I'm telling you what, um, we have our inside connections to this in, this entire initiative that was started by several pharmacists who, in fact, uh, we're reporting unsafe working conditions in these big national chain pharmacies, less and less techs being accessible for the workload. The prescription volume was not matching the number of techs that were available to process those prescriptions, as well as the number of pharmacists who were available to counsel patients and keep patients safe. And of course, when the pandemic struck um, the entire world and of course our nation, it uh, brought things to a halt and a standstill in ma many different states through uh, many different uh, national chains. And then after the uh, pandemic, and now, of course, today, they are not staffing their, um, their stores and their pharmacies um, correctly. It's causing, <clears throat> it's causing major issues with workflow. It's causing major issues with patient safety. And when I say this, think about this. I don't have to say this to you listening right now on the podcast. You understand. You're the pharmacist. You're the technicians. But when you put out specific medications, if not all medications by law, de depending on, I'm sure, the NABP per state, you have to do some patient counseling. You and I both know in the, in the realm of chain pharmacy that patient counseling is not happening enough. And there are other things um, in the in the ecosystem of what that means for patient uh, provider relationship, patient to pharmacist, patient to physician, that the communication time needed to talk with your pharmacist about that specific medication and everything else happening in your body at the time you might be concerned with. Some allergy you have, some rash that you have, something else happening. That accessibility and that um, promise of making sure that you are taken care of and that you're kept safe is um, is fractured by the way that these major organizations are changing or at least trying to change purpose of profit, um, changing pharmacy from a healthcare service to a commodity and treating it almost like fast food. Uh, thus, why I always have on my desk, um, uh, would you like shots with that uh, documentary that's coming um, by a, a terrific team that we've had on twerks on this week in pharmacy several times. And I, and I just want to say a couple things right now. We're going to get on to a fun show today because we have a wonderful guest kicking off the show with us. One of my favorite people in the business of pharmacy, um, Josh Kent with cannabis pharmacy, one of my favorite subjects to talk about. But I brought you on early, Josh, because I want you to get involved in this conversation. This is a national issue. Um, have you seen anything happening in South Carolina with, with some of the walkouts? Uh, we hear a little bit about it, not as much as I'd like to hear. You know, we're primarily in the community pharmacy, so I don't talk with a lot of the pharmacists and some of the big chains, but I do know that a lot of the pharmacists that are working in our community pharmacies were part of the big chains, and they're, they're looking to work at the community pharmacies for all the different benefits that they offer outside of just the big corporate world and the Walgreens and the big pharma. Yeah. yeah. I want to share the way that you think, the way that your mind works when Steve put this business together. And the reason that you took the hard road and the long road in doing this 
was because you wanted patient safety to be, to to lead this, and the way that you were leading it was through pharmacists, and that's why we're partnered with you is because you believe. Yeah. It. Uh, but what as a as a consumer, because you and I we're not pharmacists. As a consumer, though, if you walk into a pharmacy and you have a new prescription, a new medication that you're taking, and you have no idea really what it is, other than it was prescribed to you by your physician, you think you know what it is. But if, if you don't have time to a pharmacist about all the interactions or anything that it does, and you're in a, you're busy and you want to go, you grab the medication, you leave, and then all of a sudden you take CBD or you take some cannabis product or you take some other medication, and then you have an allergic reaction or something happens to you, that's a serious issue. I mean, what absolutely. And, you know, one of the, the benefits, too, is um, when you work with a community pharmacy, they do take that little bit of extra time with you. Um, that's, I think, one of the reasons why a lot of folks go to community pharmacy. Uh, love working with a lot of the pharmacists we work with because they do actually look at the medicine interactions that you have. Um, when they're talking to patients about certain products and certain dosages, they do take into consideration uh, the medicines that they're taking. And it's important when you're going to your pharmacist, one, to understand your medicines, of course, but if you're going to consider taking a CBD or a THC regimen to also talk with them about that too. So you can make sure you're getting the right dosage, the right amount of THC. We'll be doing a lot of teaching on dosaging as well, as that's so, so important when you're taking these products. Yep. 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 All right. So um, it says um, CNN Health just reported this this um, this week. It says the, the medical cannabis pioneers of Georgia, the first pharmacy sales in U.S. start in Deep South. And this article goes and features Robbins Pharmacy, a community independent community pharmacy um, in in Warner Robbins, Georgia, will become the first pharmacy in the United States to sell medical cannabis. Um, this is exciting, and and this is going to continue to grow. And we believe in um, in pushing and encouraging our consumers and our communities to reach out to their community pharmacies with questions about CBD and cannabis products. Um, also, the Senate. Um, this comes out of uh, MarijuanaMoment.net. The Senate votes to allow. Uh, VA doctors, um, veterans affair doctors, to recommend medical medical marijuana to veterans, similar to a house pass version. Josh, this is huge. I have look at this shirt I'm wearing, U.S. Farmy. If you don't have your huge. shirt on, yeah, it, I mean the vets. That's what we need. We need these. We need this serve. We need these topicals, and we need these products for our vets. And, and I was I was so excited when you brought up the Georgia stuff. I, I we represent about 150 community pharmacies in the state of Georgia. Um, we've had a tremendous amount of success helping patients there reduce some of their opioids and some of the other medications by using cannabis products. So we're really excited about pharmacists for the first time feeling comfortable with the Board of Pharmacy endorsing this, with the state of Georgia endorsing this. And now the patients will be able to get their medical card and go to one of these independent pharmacies that sign up for these products and to get a higher dosage of THC product than you can actually get from some of the hemp products that we sell throughout the pharmacies. And so it's going to be a great addition to the selection that the pharmacies already have to offer the patients. It's exciting because even in South Carolina, where we're at, we still don't have a medical program here. And so it's, it's wonderful news for us to know that we're making progress and that we're actually using our pharmacists and our pharmacies who are already dispensing medications to actually help us make sure that we're getting the right results with the right products to the patients. And so it's very, very exciting, especially after all the years we've been waiting for it, right? Absolutely. I think of uh, pain relief just all by itself, not not so much PTSD, which is an entire subject. And, and Cannabis Pharmacy University is going to be the source of education for the Pharmacy Podcast Network to break down specific conditions and how CBD, um, psychedelics, uh, cannabis medicine are all going to be part of the ongoing training, the ongoing education that's going to come from our team's um, and I'm so excited that we finally have a full circle. Um, we have a provider in, in cannabis pharmacy. You're vetting the products. You're assuring that they align. You're giving tremendous amount of, of QR. You're giving these QR codes that bring people to the ingredients pages and, and being full disclosure. Um, I think that when, when, I, when the VA from a national perspective, which is going to put pressure on 
um, uh, you know, declassifying um, cannabis yes. products, then we're going to be able to get into the different sectors of condition that really impact our vets. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about sleep issues. We're talking about pain management. Um, we're even talking about um, recovering from um, an operation or even in cancer care. Um, talk with Absolutely. us. Talk with us about pain management and some of the things that, that you've experienced through through the uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Pain, pain is probably the number one thing that most people step into the pharmacies asking about. And it's a sensitive subject for some people. Some people have minor pain. Some people have chronic pain. Um, many people are already taking some sort of medication to help relieve some of that pain. And like many of us know that, you know, when you take a medication for pain, a lot it blocks the pain, right? It helps you feel better. The one beauty that I like about CBD and cannabis and cannabinoids in general is that they're anti-inflammatory. And so it's not just masking, helping kind of help the pain relieve, but it's actually reducing that inflammation. And so um, I encourage people that are having pain or, or live with pain for a long time or just having acute pain now that you talk to one of the pharmacists or give our team members a call and just talk about what products work. We've seen a lot of great topical applications, which are able to give you relief right then, um, which a lot of people are looking for. We see a lot of oral applications from CBD uh, under the tincture, tincture under the tongue or through a capsule. Um, that's really the most effective way to get that daily regimen of CBD. Um, for a lot of people that have pain that find the proper dosage of CBD or THC combination that they take to together daily, we get tremendous results. People calling back reducing or even stopping some of the pain medications that they're using when they identify the right amount of CBD and THC plays a big part in that as well too. And so there's several different options from topicals. A lot of folks will use a gummy. It's the most convenient way to take CBD and THC, um, but you got to make sure that you start with the right dosage. And so it's important to talk to the pharmacist about your THC experience, make sure that you start low and kind of titrate and work yourself up to the results that you're looking for but man oh man does it really work for pain how about i got a new mic cover for this week in pharmacy josh and i'm not even using it so shame on me i'm going to switch out my mic can <laughs> you believe that all right and, 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 and back to the pain too we actually just started bringing in some uh, transdermal patches man I've just gotten a story after story, a guy that had shoulder surgery and apply the patch right there on top of his shoulder there. He said nothing was helping touch the pain, but he put this patch on there, 100 milligrams. And so little things like that that are giving people relief is, is what we want, right? Yeah. And you know what? I want to I give a shout out to our veterinarians out there who, who sometimes need to rely, many times need to rely on a pharmacist to, to clarify some things. Yes. And, and I'm a dog person. I love pups. So talk to us about uh, the, this cash-based opportunity for community pharmacies out there supporting our pets. Absolutely. So with the 700 pharmacies we support, I'd say about 20% of all of those pharmacy sales are in pet products. We're seeing now that the Veterans Association is giving the green light thumbs up for the veterinarians to refer uh, patients and the pets to try CBD. And so whether it's through a tincture or through mostly the pet chews, uh, we've seen tremendous results. Uh, we carry a great line from a company called CBDFX. Um, they carry a full line of hard chews and soft chews. And man, oh man, my brother, he's got a lab that has hip dysplasia and uh, he said after four days of giving her some of the hip and joint bones that we have he could just see her getting up and down easier when she was trying to get in her bed and so they come in a couple different formats uh, skin care which is a big thing for almost every pet um, calming which you know during the holidays and travel and all that can be pretty important um, and then it comes in the the uh, hip and joint which is really great for you know the mobility for the pets and so if you haven't tried it for a pet or maybe have a friend that owner that has tried it before uh, reach out to them or reach out to your veterinarian and just give them a, a call and ask them because I tell you that most people will buy it for their pets before they try it themselves and then I, I talk to the pet owner and say hey you know if this is helping your pet maybe we can have a conversation about what it might do for you too because you know pet right. humans all have endocannabinoid systems right absolutely well let's talk about um getting started so we believe that the best provider of anything cannabis or cbd should be coming from the pharmacist and pharmacy absolutely we want our pharmacist to trust these products and we want you to try them first so there's two things that I want to talk to our listeners about. You're listening right now. Number one, if you are a pharmacy owner, I want you to reach out to Josh and the team 
at cannabispharmacy.com and go get your starter kit. Um, tell them about this starter kit, and then we're also going to share a special code that our listeners can can try products out. Absolutely. So we've been blessed to partner with some of the best of the best in the industry. We support about 10 different manufacturers, but one of our, our best and largest and most friendly is CBDFX and their sister company Treehouse. And so what they've done is they've worked with us to get together a free kit where we basically come in and do the training. We give you all the marketing material, display case, but not only that, but about $600 worth of product where you can actually sell to your patients, give out a bunch of samples, get the feedback from them about the products and actually show you that these particular SKUs are moving. There are 10 of our top selling products will include some of those pet products that we talked about there, some CBD products for folks that are subject to drug tests, and some THC products as well for the folks that have more of the chronic conditions, several different topicals, um, and then again, some of the pet oils and chews as well. And so it's just a great small selection where we're able to show the pharmacist, hey, these products get results and they also make profits for your pharmacy. And so if there's any pharmacists out there that haven't tried CBD or currently are working with a brand, but maybe see an opportunity to expand your selection or even just get some education and support. A lot of the custom marketing materials we provide and just the one-on-one training really makes a difference with the ability to kind of make sure your patients are getting the right product and the right dosage as well. So my, uh, God bless her, she is a nurse at a prison here in southwestern Pennsylvania and her, her shift changes where she'll have to work some, you know, six to two shift. And then all of a sudden she's got to work overnight and her shift to sleep is a major issue. And Mm -hmm. uh, she lives with um, right by her bedside, um, the products from cannabis pharmacy that really help her with some of those sleep shifts that that really get into that mode. And, and she's tried other things that were non CBD um, and she didn't like them. And she, she said it made her feel weird, but she goes, this is the only thing that doesn't upset her stomach and that immediately kind of gets her back on that new cycle. So uh, I endorse these just from her. I haven't really taken a sleep issue yet. I, I use the pain roll-ons. I can't get in. You hear me always saying this, Josh. You're probably sick of hearing me saying it, but the pain <laughs> is my favorite. I'll tell you what. Uh, we are probably a week to two weeks away from really starting to push out some content. I'm excited about what we have lined up. Is there any any topics, Josh, that you want our listeners to be ready for in the coming months? Um, and actually, 2024, which is going to be full press of what is uh, Cannabis Pharmacy University. Absolutely. I do want to touch just real quick on the the sleep products there. You know, most people don't realize they don't have a good sleep pattern. That was me when I first started this. And then I started taking the products naturally by by being one of the founders of the company. And man, I realized that I too did not sleep well. And so for most people, we can target just a sample gummy for them to try. And so any listeners out there, pharmacy techs, owners, it doesn't matter, staffers, uh, reach out to us. You can go to our website, CannabisPharmacy.com and get a free sample shipped directly to you of a variety of different gummies if you want to set up a consultation about which one might be best for you or get all four. Um, but you get an opportunity to try these products from our website for free um, so that you can see which products work best for you. And so the sleep is a big targeted thing for us. But to, to answer your question about the upcoming, uh, we're really blessed to be introducing Dr. Jeff Lombardo as our chief science officer here at the Cannabis Pharmacy. He's going to be heading up a lot of our training and CE credits that we're going to be giving out to the pharmacy associations and to any listener that wants to learn more about cannabis. And so he's going to be coming on to the podcast and sharing a lot about his um, previous past and cannabis experience and also about a lot of the studies that he's done and some of the studies of some of his peers and colleagues. We're going to be bringing on some of the other manufacturers that we work with and talking about a handful of their products and and trying to just relate with the pharmacist why you should recommend this product and who to and in which way. And so we're going to be talking about how to make this profitable in your pharmacy too. I have a lot of pharmacies that make $500 to $2,000 a month extra revenue selling these products. Of course, we want to make sure we're getting patient results. Um, but for the pharmacies, it's a really great little extra addition of revenue. And so we'll be talking about how to do that effectively. Uh, we'll be talking, of course, about sleep and pain, um, but we'll also be answering questions. And so I reach out to you, Todd, and to continue to ask our listeners to 
give us some questions that you got, something that's a concern for you, something you're hearing from the patients, maybe an experience, whether it's positive or negative that you have. And, and we want to kind of just open up some dialogue um, and make sure that the roundtable is open for discussion. And if we're not able to get the questions answered, we'll go to the folks that are. Um, and so that's going to be really exciting for us to share some of that content um, for free for everybody that wants to learn more. Excellent. And for those listeners who don't see our screen we have a promotional code which is ppn30 that's ppn30 and if you use that code in your checkout at cannabispharmacy.com you will receive 30 percent off your order um that's for anybody that wants to uh try it and like i said try it first give us feedback what you think of it um how you think it's working with you but if you're a community pharmacy take advantage of that starter kit and and start planning right now so that this is a cash-based business for you and your community wants it and your community needs it because I don't want them picking up CBD or, or THC or Delta 9 or anything from a gas station. I want them picking up high-quality pro high products from their pharmacies, and I want them to be able to come back to the pharmacies and ask all kinds of questions because education is, is the most important part and safety is the most important part. Uh, Josh, um, I can't wait. As soon as I uh, get done with twerks today, I'm going to cannabispharmacy.com because my Jack Russell, uh, her name's Izzy, she is having some uh, pain issues, and I'm going to get her those um, those tinctures you talked about and maybe some of the treats. So. Absolutely. And I do want to make a note to everybody who's listening out there to make sure if you're taking CBD products, whether they're for your pet or for human consumption, make sure they're properly labeled. Make sure they have a lot number on them. Make sure they have an expiration date. There's a lot of products in the market that are just not properly labeled, and that's probably because they weren't properly tested, which means they may or may not have what they say in them or some things that you don't want to be ingesting. And so part of our education that we're doing is just make sure that your products come from a reputable company, but they're also identified and marked and packaged properly. That'll be a part of the 2024 farm bill that comes down next year, which will really just help with consumer safety, packaging, that'll make sure that some of the companies that are making products that aren't safe are kind of not able to still sell those on the market. So if you are taking those, just make sure you're getting a properly labeled and, and tested product like we carry here at the pharmacy, Cannabis Pharmacy. Excellent, excellent. Josh, thank you so much for jumping on today. This was a last minute thing to fill in for one of our cancellations and you've always Anytime. Anytime. had a great partner. Um, let's, uh, we'll chat. Um, as I, as I make my hour drive today to go pick up uh, my daughter, Rachel, and, um, I'll make I, I reach out to you. But thanks, awesome. for yes, thanks for having us, Todd. See ya. Thanks buddy. All right. So, Hey, we're going to take a break. I want you to all, um, support organizations that are working with us. It makes this programming so much better when we get support for the people that are supporting our content. One of those supports is IPC, um, Independent Pharmacy Cooperative. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back with an interesting interview from Lou Lucera, um, which is a specialty pharmacy helping to um, lower the costs of specialty medications. Can't wait for you to hear it. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, widely known as IPC. Established in 1983, IPC is the nation's largest group purchasing organization owned by independent pharmacy. With a mission of maximizing the success of community pharmacists, IPC works to provide members with access to effective programs and services designed to enhance profitability for independent pharmacy. Read more about our mission by checking out our website at IPCRX.com. That's IPCRX.com. Hey there on This Week in Pharmacy. Let's talk specialty pharmacy. I think of the NASP, the National Association of Specialty Pharmacies. We are one of their communication partners. Very proud to be part of Sheila Arquette's communications team. Got back from the event in Dallas met with a bunch of uh, different innovators in specialty pharmacy. If you want to take a listen to that post show, there's a three-part post show coming out of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I think we're on part two or three, but I have to listen to that. What an amazing gathering if you're in the specialty pharmacy market. 
there's two conferences you have to definitely go to every year at a minimum. That is the NASP's annual, and that is Assembia. And we get a ton of value from both of those organizations and conferences. Hey, today, specialty pharmacy. I'm from Pittsburgh. Everybody knows that. If you don't know that, go Steelers. Um, I'm a big Pittsburgh um, fan. I've been uh, bred and born and everything else, raised my family here. Eventually, I want to get out there because I don't get enough sunshine. Did you know that Pittsburgh has 78 days of sunshine a year? And that's not enough sunshine for me. I don't know about you, um, but um, I, I don't. I don't think that's enough sunshine. Got to get the vitamin D. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, uh, thanks, thanks, Todd. Thanks for having us on. So, hi everybody. Ben Heiser. I am Vice President of Pharmacy Operations, Business Development for Lumisera Health Services. We are a uh, nationwide specialty pharmacy whose parent company is Navitus Health Solutions, uh, fully transparent pass through PBM. In my role, I oversee what we do from an organization standpoint across our six physical locations. That includes taking care of that, that patient, pretty much all the process steps throughout that, the operations teams from referral through getting that patient on initiating therapy, fulfillment, and then the ongoing care for that, that patient. So I oversee all the teams that deliver the exceptional customer service and clinical care that we that we strive to provide. Excellent. Excellent. And your colleague, welcome to Twerks. Um, I want you to once again, give us an overview of yourself and what you do with Lumisera. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Uh, Eric Huckins, Director of Strategic Partnerships with Lumisera. So where Ben handles all the operations, I'm on behind the scenes with uh, industry relations, payer relations, health system relations, and help with the contracting. So how does Lumisera differentiate from other specialty pharmacies? Is there a specific uh, condition or disease state that you focus on? Yeah, it's a great question. So you mentioned, you know, innovators in specialty pharmacy, and really that's that's where we envision ourselves being in that space. So not necessarily any specific niche area that we cover from a therapeutic standpoint, but really it's about uh, making sure that we're providing value within healthcare. And we follow in the same footsteps as our parent organization, meaning we're uh, cost plus model. And I know that's really gained a lot of traction recently. Um, obviously, Mark Cuban's come out with the cost plus yeah. drugs and things like that. We've been doing that same model for the past 10 years and in, in full specialty space, where we are actually passing through the actual acquisition costs of the medications we purchase to the payer, uh, ultimately Navitus, our parent company, and only adding on an administrative fee for that. So we call it our patient management fee or PMF. So again, it's all about providing that value back to the client. And we were created in the mindset as to be able to add that value back to Navitus so that their model can continue to pass back value to uh, to their patients. And again, when, when specialty pharmacies over 50% of the drugs spend, if there's an area you can target to make sure that there's value being created, that's obviously a pretty low hanging fruit. Excellent. Um, I, I like to think of multiple specialty pharmacies sharing information with each other, especially if they become a vertical known organization that focuses on that disease state and is doing a really good job at it. That's why I like going to the conferences because I think we always learn from other specialty pharmacies and providers, but Pittsburgh, goodness gracious. Um, what a, what a history, what a legacy in specialty pharmacy. We were talking about that before we started, um, the recording, but, um, what do you know? I know you're not a Pittsburgher yourself, but you you are now. You're you're an you're an implant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We this is my first. Actually, I think Eric and I is both time, first times to uh, the Steel City here, and it's been wonderful, uh, very uh, hospitable, and we got to check out a couple local places. We actually have met with a handful of those different organizations in the time that we've been here. We're always looking to expand our scope and how we can partner with others and and provide value within the the system. So we had several meetings over the past two days here. Uh, again. Very, very impressive the number of organizations that have major impacts in specialty pharmacy historically and even now. And it's really, you look at it, it's very tech-enabled type companies too and doing some really cool things to improve the patient experience, improve efficiency in the system. So it's it's been really great to be able to get here and, and seeing the talent and, and opportunities that are here will we'll definitely be back. Yeah. You're uh, you're also new to Pittsburgh. What What's your uh, your thoughts on it as yeah. a mecca of, uh, of healthcare and specialty pharmacy? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> everything that that Ben said, I think we were quite surprised, honestly, with all the different 
organizations that are really accelerating uh, the, the specialty pharmacy arena. And that's because, as you mentioned, uh, it was really some of the birthplace of specialty pharmacy. So Lumacera is really excited to start partnering with these organizations. We know we have a great model with the pass-through cost plus aspect. If we can integrate some of that technology with our technology, we're really excited about what that can provide as far as value to our patients and clients. All right. Uh, so I'm wondering about um, your parent company, and it's a really interesting model because I've seen, uh, I, I was telling you about the MEF family, M-E-F-F-E. So Dom MEF Sr., he's one of the original founders of not only a PBM, but also specialty PBM specific tasks that weren't really, they weren't even called specialty back then. And um, his sons are now in in healthcare and, and in specialty pharmacy. It's it's interesting, but he taught me a lot about some some of the beginnings of of PBMs and how today we're going through some major changes in how PBMs work, as well as how um, we need to have some structural policy legal changes around how they work and what they can and cannot control in the life cycle of prescription management. So talk to me about your um, your parent company, uh, Navitus, and how that really sets you guys in an interesting competitive position. Yeah, for sure. So, so Navitus, uh, I guess, as I mentioned, fully passed through transparent PBM, really created 20 years ago. We actually just celebrated our, our 20th anniversary as that parent organization. And the, the whole goal was to do something different. So you mentioned the history of, of PBM, and that's morphed to some extent, but really it's it's still pretty dated in the in the principles that they follow in the the models around um, you know spread pricing and those types of things. And some of the different, let's say, opacity that occurs right now in the industry part of what you can't see is the things that you can't see. You don't know what's happening. So you're spending dollars, but you don't know where those dollars are going. Yep. There's the, you know, the obviously clawing back rebates. There's other ways that revenues generated through in the system to keep that within the PBM or one of their subsidiaries. Navitus wanted to kind of flip that model and create something that was fully transparent. Now, transparency is a word that's another thing that's just kind of thrown out there. Yep. But to be fully transparent down to being fully auditable um, it takes it to another level where you can actually assure a customer that it is fully transparent. So again, no, no retention of any rebate amount, no, any, no network discounts, everything's passed back to the client. They're ultimately paying the true cost that Navitus is paying for that medication and charging a, a specific administrative fee for that service that they're providing. So it's really about taking the waste out of the healthcare system, the dollars that are being spent and trying to, again, provide back value to clients in a way that it's not necessarily low cost only, but high touch, high care with added value in that in that model. So very exciting. And when you talk about trans, uh, transformation of the PBM industry, it's something where we can kind of sit back and say, we're, we're trying to transform the industry. There's certainly others that have, have come about in recent years that are trying to do something similar. And we're all for those types of models, you know, continue to gain traction. But we can kind of stand there and say, hey, this is a way that you can do PBM industry and do it right. And we're very excited for the partnership that we have with uh, Transparency RX recently as Navitus mm -hmm. being one of those founding members and really pushing the envelope as to being an innovator in the PBM space as well. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, it, it unwinds, it, it unravels some of that complexity and you just get back to, you know, what is the cost of healthcare? How do we lower the cost of healthcare? and not create the perverse incentives that we've historically seen with spread pricing and uh, you know the, the traditional way that PBMs have reimbursed pharmacies. Formulary hostage taking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's not cool. I've seen some major uh, changes happening, which uh, has excited me to see that um, medicine and healthcare in general is starting to really become uh, so transparent that everybody knows what's going on, that a lot of the jargon and a lot of the confusion that was in contracting and in formation of uh, pharmacy benefit, it's it's unwinding because the public's not going to stand for it, as well as the reasons for what we're seeing happening in the, um, in the chain pharmacies right now with our strikes and things. I mean, this week in pharmacy, we've covered it um, big in October for um, American Pharmacist Month. For two weeks uh, back to back, we we jumped on the world of uh, of chain pharmacy, and not to um, do away with chain pharmacy, to do the opposite, 
to strengthen chain pharmacy, but do it in the guide of better pharmacy care and empowering pharmacists to say, hey, today my workload means I need three techs or today my workload means I need an extra pharmacist because for safety purposes, I have to have double checks. I have to have consultancy. We have to have somebody available that's a PharmD that can talk with our uh, patients about their medications before they leave. See, these are things um, these are things that the specialty pharmacy market has, you know, um, imprinted on the very existence of you as a specialty pharmacy. And, and Ben, that's where your heart's at to deliver that kind of care. So kind of tell us a little bit about your concept of, of um, meshing the world of payment, which is very important, and the world of, of patient care and kind of give us your insights for that. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So again, we we really work on that flat administrative fee, and we set that fee based on what it costs to take care of that patient in the way that we best see fit. Obviously, we have to have a little bit of profitability. We need to pay our employees a good wage and keep the lights on, be able to expand our services and those types of things, which ultimately leads into that patient care. But really, we want to have that high touch service. You mentioned, you know, the things that are going on in retail, and it's really unfortunate because the vast majority of people are getting medications from that modality. They're not getting them from a specialty pharmacy right. that, you know, one, maybe 2% of people use a specialty medication. And it's turned into a situation where these pharmacists are basically asked to work, you know, really long hours with no help. The clinical is diminished so much. Yes. It's, it's not uncommon to go into a pharmacy and expect to talk to a pharmacist. And maybe you don't, and you get, maybe you get a few seconds to hopefully get the important information that you need. But on our side, it's all about really wrapping the care around the patient. So we don't put any metrics on what we talk to patients at the amount of time. Our clinicians, if, they, if a patient needs an hour conversation, that's the amount of time that we're going to devote to that patient. We also d develop very specific care protocols and, and clinical uh, questionnaires. And what that allows us to do is patient after patient, it's the similar experience in making sure that all aspects of their therapeutic disease state, the medication they're taking, the outcomes they can expect to have, dealing with some potential downsides of the medication is consistent. And then we're also tracking that so that we can understand how the patient's progressing along their journey and their outcomes. So if they're not achieving those outcomes, we can make changes and working you know, with our partners, whether it's providers or our, our parent company, Navitus, to make those correct decisions and really make sure that it's very, very robust care for that patient. But the fact that we're not making money outside of that flat fee removes all the other incentives that other specialty pharmacies have around profitability. And it allows us to just focus on the patient. Yeah, it's like uh, taking the handcuffs off uh, of not having an administration to kind of control what's between you and the in the patient from a from a treatment perspective very much i kind of so, yeah. want to get into that eric so when you came out of pharmacy school what did you think the true impact of patient care was um with regards to uh how payment would affect patient care did you i mean did you put much thought of that in as a yeah. New, yeah. Track. I mean, coming out of school, I mean, you, you're you so focused as the pharmacist around this, this care model. You know, one of the things they, they probably don't teach you enough in school is the impact of that financial piece for the patient, as well as the benefit design. And so that's one of the great things that we've been able to, to uncouple is we can have insight into that patient's benefit plan. We can use technology to really enhance that patient care and as you said, mesh it with the payment so we can improve access. So I think one of the cool parts about specialty pharmacy is that we get to be some of the, the first to use some of these technologies, some of the first to use some of these high-touch patient care clinical pieces to really, once again, get focused back on the, the patient, uh, to really you know refocus on what we all learned and loved, why we became pharmacists, is how do we improve that, that patient's outcome but at the same time, how do we lower the cost of care and make it more accessible for the patient? All right. I, I know that we have pharmacists listening right now who are tired and they're frustrated, but they love the profession. They love what they do as pharmacists. I'm going to start with Eric and then I'll kick it over to Ben as well. But I'll start with you, Eric. Uh, what's your advice for a pharmacist listening to this uh, episode with you guys right now that wants to break into specialty pharmacy? Like what's What's your advice uh, to them? Yeah, my, my biggest piece of advice is embrace change. 
embrace technology, embrace a new way of thinking about things, and then really just just go after it, after it. You know, I, I think specialty has even already started to subspecialize as you look kind of where specialty has been the last 10 years to looking ahead the next 10, 10 years forward. You know, we're really looking at kind of subspecializing our clinicians even within specialty, which, you know, kind of sounds goofy, but uh, thanks. So we really want to, to help our new pharmacists embrace that and really dive into the area that they're passionate about. We can't, we can't see Eric because of the damn microphone boom. <laughs> uh, that'll be edited go. out of our, of our audio version. Um, what I'm going to do is let me just shift you over. Let me see if I can. There we go. That's better. Now we can see. I'm back. <laughs> All right. So funny when you're recording and content development, the little hiccups that you have to put up with. Um, all right. So same question for, um, for you, Ben, and that yep. is, um, you have a new graduate, uh, you have a, a P4, maybe, maybe a resident that's going to hospital system, but they have a interest eventually in, in going into specialty, or we have a five-year chain, you know, pharmacist out there who loves thinking about digging into a, a specific rare disease state care um, that they know they have a passion for. So how, how do they get into that? Yeah, definitely. It's actually a real world example that we have. We, we have a lot of residents that come through our pharmacy. We have a lot of fourth year pharmacy students, like you mentioned, that come from, we're right next to University of Wisconsin-Madison. So that pharmacy school sends a lot of our students in. And it's a question we get asked pretty frequently when, when you know, a lot of people are not necessarily as aware of specialty pharmacy and what that's like to work within that. So when they come and experience that with us, they want to know how to either stay with us or, or find a career path there. And I, I would say, you know, it's changed because in the past, when a lot of places were you know physically on site and there's only so many large specialty pharmacy locations, you need to be somewhat located close to one of those pharmacies. Now in the world where there's hybrid and remote opportunities, again, heavy clinical, right? So you're not necessarily touching the product always to be an effective specialty pharmacist. You can have that conversation telephonically or you know through video, those types of things. So it opens up the doors for more opportunity and regardless of where you live. And with the continued expansion of specialty pharmacy, I think it would just take just a little bit of digging, but there's so many opportunities and openings out there because these pharmacies need to have the appropriate amount of staff because it's not a situation where you can just ratchet down your workforce and still provide what's required of you from potentially accreditation standards, but then also the, the amount of patient care that you're that you're putting out there. So, you know, search, search around, know that there's opportunities to do things remotely and then just be aggressive. What's your value proposition to that pharmacy? What can you bring? Show some passion, show some ability to learn and grow. And I think that's it's, it's, it's a real possibility. So before we got um, going and we were in the lobby area of the studios, uh, we were talking about technology. And you've mentioned before, Eric, how important uh, technology is. So let's talk about um, aspects of technology that excite you. Um, you and I, uh, we were talking a little bit about digital therapeutics and disease state management apps being prescribed as, as, as part of treatment. So talk to me about what excites you in tech and in how that may parallel into specialty pharmacy. Yeah, well, I mean, technology that we're really embracing right now and excited about is the technology that allows us to, to really virtually touch our patients because they're all across the, the country. Uh, so how do we provide some of that high touch service to our patients remotely for our pharmacists? And, and so we're really developing a lot within our digital engagement platform to be able to, to do that. And then I think what's really cool and geeking out is some of the machine learning aspects that we can plug into that digital engagement uh, portal. Uh, you know, we can really start to em embrace uh, you know, individual patients needs, demographics, social determinants of health to really help create an individualized patient journey. And the technology can help that. So you need the pharmacist, you need that clinical expertise there, but using some of this AI technology to mesh with, with that, I think is we're going to really see some, a new way to manage patients versus how we did it kind of in a cookie cutter approach, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yep. 
I saw it. I saw it being done manually in a specialty pharmacy out in Iowa that was gobbled up by uh, High V. It's called Amber Pharmacy. As a matter of fact, they still go by Amber. And when I went there, we were helping to develop APIs between consultant programs as well as a financial program through one of the pharmacy management systems that was one of the first to start workflow that was very specific to specialty pharmacy. And the manual work that the techs and the pharmacists were doing to be so customization in the questions that they asked each of their patients in the in the track of their treatment at day you know, nine, they would know on a scale from one to 10, most of their patients were experiencing nauseas at sixes. So they were intelligent in saying, hey, um, you know, Ben, uh, if that was the patient's name, hey, Ben, um, I bet you you may not be feeling so hot today. Um, you know, on a scale from from one to 10, what are you feeling like a four or five, six in, from a nausea? And they're like, you know what that does? That, that lowers stress. It's just a psychology that your patient is like, these people know what they're talking about. Like mm -hmm. I literally have nausea of like a four right now. And, you know, what do you say? Well, they might say, hey, do you think about eating, you know, some fresh ginger or I don't know, something mm -hmm. could be something else. But that kind of personal personalization is going to accelerate with the usage of putting all of that data into the hands of AI and having AI prompt us and being able to say and, and not taking over it's not right. going to take over at least not yet <laughs> so but you know what i mean like you yeah. now you have that ai to rely on oh absolutely in specialty <laughs> pharmacy you know these are complex medications often have a lot of adverse events you know like the example you said and you know we can use technology to help maybe even predict that predict what patients are going to have those adverse events and start man having our pharmacists manage that proactively to help prevent you know, some of those adverse events and getting the outcomes, increasing the uh, likelihood that that patient will stay on, on therapy. So that's that's the power of AI and technology that we're, we're trying to embrace. That's why we're in Pittsburgh meeting with all these great uh, you know, technology uh, companies. And yeah, really, really exciting. What about Free Markets Health, uh, Ben? Have you reached out to anybody at Free Markets and talking to them at all? Yeah, we uh, we uh, that was one of the companies we met with actually just earlier today. So we we've actually been doing some work with them even prior to this, and and obviously very excited about what they're trying to do within the the system, and you know making sure that there's opportunities to to provide value back. Again, we're all about making sure that we can do that. So doing some some work with them right now, and and looking to continue to expand upon that is their model seems to be picking up some traction, and it sounds like they're going to have a, a a pretty good amount of patients taken care of that platform and we feel that we can do a really good job and synergistically helping them with their mission. So excellent. Shout out to you guys. Um, they got to come down to the studio. Uh, Mark um, promised that he'd come down and uh, I'm going to hold you to it, Mark. Look at me right now. I'm pointing <laughs> at you. Uh, so we got to get the free markets health team to come out and, and hang out with us. Maybe you guys could get them to come down. Right. Them. I have a group come session down together. Could have yeah. hopped in the car and drove down with uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, um, and wrapping up uh, this week in pharmacy, I want to give a shout out to Pittsburgh based Lumisera and how uh, exciting that another specialty pharmacy coming out of Pittsburgh that there is. We're very proud of that. Um, I want to give last words to Ben and uh, just saying um, a shout out to whoever you want in the pharmacy space and or um, tell me your favorite podcast. Oh man! I'm, so I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm not a real podcast person, uh, <laughs> and are. that's probably at the worst, the worst <laughs> thing, right? I listen to lo local sports stuff, so I mean, I hate to say this, as you know, you mentioned being a Steelers fan. I'm I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, a, that's all right. a, a terrible Cowboys <laughs> fan. So I listen to a lot of Cowboys stuff. Uh, we're going to bleep that out, actually. We'll just, like, bleep out. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, we I might I, actually superimpose the word Steelers. Oh, there you oh. go. There you go. That's all right. Uh, now, from a shout out standpoint, um, I think you know. Obviously, we love all of our different partners that we work with. So, you know, calling out any one individual wouldn't be fair. We're obviously looking to, you know, continue to partner with all of our different manufacturer partners, partners like Free Market Health that are really trying to change the industry. Uh, the Civica script, the stuff that we're doing, I think is really fascinating. Civica Again, it's great. Yeah, it, it doubles down really and it gives us an opportunity to double down on our model. And, and what was interesting when that all formulated, they came to us and asked for us to be their specialty pharmacy that, were, that was doing this. They couldn't find anybody else that was either willing to do it or could do it. And we we're like, we can do that right now because awesome. we're already doing pass through. So very excited what they're doing and the things that come with them. So there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that they're going to be doing to, again, continue to shift the, the industry in the right direction. Excellent. All right. 
last words, Eric, shout outs. Oh man. Shout out to, you know, pharmacy podcast network. That's my favorite <laughs> podcast. No, um, I just, you know, thank you for letting us join and, and talk about, uh, all the great things that we're, we're doing, trying to add transparency to the market with, with Lumacera. His final words, go pack, go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep that out too. <laughs> we, we will not stand for that here on This Week in Pharmacy. All right. You're the most important uh, person to me in healthcare. You pharmacists that are out there, pharmacy technicians are out there. If there's anything that I can ever do and our network can ever do to advance the profession, advance you as a practicing pharmacist, please reach out to us. This is how this network grows is because of people like you and listeners. Uh, subscribe on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, all of them. There's one called Ghana out of India. We have India uh, based listeners. So a shout out to all pharmacists worldwide. We, um, we appreciate you. Peace. We'll see you uh, next time on this week in pharmacy. Hey, 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 hold up, hold up. Before you go, I just wanted to say how much, um, I'm thinking about our pharmacists and our, our techs, uh, this week and what you go through the stress with the holidays coming, and some instability that you're experiencing in chain pharmacy. Um, let's uh, let's put together a, a talk where we bring everybody together that wants to participate and have one voice. And we'll bring um, Dr. Bled Tanoi in. We'll bring uh, Dr. Shane Jeraminski in. Uh, maybe the uh, Dr. Maurice, uh, the doc of comedy. Maybe he could come in. But let's come together. Let's let's hold each other um, when we need a hug and let's uh, support each other, get back to us with other ideas to become more aggressive in marketing um, the walkouts and supporting you from a podcast perspective. Anyone that wants to speak on this show about the walkouts and support of what you see from any variation, I want all pharmacist opinions. All pharmacists have a right to have an opinion on any of our uh, content. That's why it's called the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It's not me, it's you. And you're the best. You're the best providers. I appreciate you. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for all you do.